Good, great, beautiful morning, Ask Us Nation, brothers and sisters. Welcome back to the Ask Us Why podcast. Hey, it's Friday. You made it. You did it. The weekend is on the way. Unless you work weekends, then this is completely irrelevant to you. But if you do get the weekends, it's time to party. Party for the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Hey, guys, we're going through Proverbs day by day study as always, chapter by chapter, going through the book of Proverbs. And we are in chapter nine today. And we're going to talk about the way of wisdom and the way of folly, a great little uh, compare and contrast of what we got going on between the two of those. So with that being said, let's get right into it. Verse one, wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her breasts. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in the town. Whoever is simple, let him turn and hear. To him who lacks sense, she says, come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live in the way and live and walk in the way of insight. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse and whoever reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase in learning. The verse, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. For by me, your days will be multiplied and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. Verse 13, the woman folly is loud. She is seductive and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house. She takes a seat on the highest places of the town, calling to those who pass by, who are going straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten is secret and uh, in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. And that is Proverbs chapter nine. It's a pretty quick one. Right to the point, straight to it. And as I was saying before, we got this comparing contrast between the way of wisdom and the way of folly and the woman of wisdom. They're both a woman in both of these um, analogies and wisdom has built her house and she is also hospitable. She is calling out to those who are on their way and she says, come eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. But then the woman of folly, she is loud, she is clamorous, that she is calling out to people. She is telling them, come and eat whatever I have. It is sweet, but it is stolen. And the bread that is eaten in secret is pleasant. But the ways that go through folly lead to the death um, and the depths of Sheol are her guests. So uh, clearly to the point, difference between wisdom and folly. The verse that I want us to focus on is going to be uh, chapter... I mean, verse eight, not chapter eight. What are you saying, Remy? To verse eight says, do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. I'll read verse nine too, just for the heck of it. Give instruction to a wise man and he will still be wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase in learning. Here's my question for you guys today. I'm getting straight to it. Instead of thinking who around me is wise and takes instruction well, Ask yourself, do you take instruction well? Do you take uh, reproof well? Have you ever been called out before? And here's how you can gauge whether or not you're good at taking it or not. 
One is, I mean, you probably should just know if you're good at it or not. And if you're not aware of it, think about it this way. If someone ever calls you out for something or they try to tell you you're doing something wrong or you're not doing things the way you should, do you get defensive? Do you immediately build a case of defense for yourself? Like someone tells you like, hey, I noticed you've been hanging out with this like girl or guy recently and I don't think that they're good for you. I don't think that he or she is an example of someone who is Christ-like and is following the Lord. And immediately your defense is, well, you don't really know him. You don't know his story. You don't know what's going on, yada, yada, yada. And because of that, we completely shut ourselves off to those around us from, from seeking correction. And here's the danger of it. If you're someone who is not approachable, let that word sit with you, approachable, because it's something that we that leaders teach is that you need to be someone who is approachable, right? If you're not someone who is approachable and people feel like they're comfortable and they can come talk to you about something, then they're not gonna come to you, ever. And there is so much danger if you are not someone that is approachable when they wanna call you out on something or tell you that they don't think something is good for you. And what that happens is they just choose to not tell you anymore. They won't call you out. They'll just leave you to your sin and to the depths of it. I see it all the time with my friends where I've seen the path they've gone down and we have told them like, hey, don't go down this path. We know where this goes. Don't do this thing. And still yet they do it. And the, the challenge that we still face that we wrestle with is like, do we still call him out or do we just let him live in what he's doing? Like how much is it where we're now just being a burden on him or it's working against us, against us and like what we're trying to do. And you get to that place and you're just like, just, you know, maybe we just don't say anything anymore. We've tried and that's where it went. I remember I had a friend in high school who me and him together, we swore that we were not going to date in high school. It was like, no, that is an absolute. We're not doing it. It is foolish. It is. It goes against what we're trying to do. It distracts us from our goals and the ministry we're trying to do. And so that was what we uh, had agreed on. And then lo and behold, he started getting interested in a girl that was a part of the seniors and we were juniors at the time. And the seniors were very, very bad examples. They partied, they smoked, they drank, they had sex. They did all the things you could think of. And he started hanging with all of them. And I noticed that he was particularly hanging with a girl a lot more. And he had mentioned a couple of times that, you know, he was kind of interested in her and they might want to date or something of that sort. And we had kind of been separating ourselves from each other at that time because he wasn't spending time with me. He was hanging out with her more. And we were like tight. We were like best friends. And I remember I sat down with him at a coffee shop. And that was kind of the last conversation I really had with him before we parted ways. And I told him, I was like, hey, you're an adult. You can make your own decisions. God bless America and God bless the freedoms that he gives us to make these choices. But I'm just going to remind you that this is what you told me that you wanted to stand by. This is the values that you believe in and this is what you want to do. And right now you're not doing that. You're going against those things. And I don't believe they're great influence for you. And I, I really don't think that you should do it. But I just want to tell you that um, you can make your own decision. But this is this. I'm just hold, trying to hold you accountable to your word. And he said, thanks. I appreciate it, man. And he went on his way. And from there on, straight up, I don't know if he's been back to church. I don't see him anymore. I don't talk to him anymore. And I know that he had lost his virginity at that point. He got into to smoking a lot. And he kind of went back to his old ways. And it was really discouraging to see that. But in our own lives, are we that type of person where we won't take correction from people? We won't listen to those around us. And because of that, we shut ourselves out from the world. And man, it is so dangerous because when we find ourselves in isolation, the enemy has a foothold on us. 
right? He has got us in his grips because he knows that we no longer have people around us that want to call us out and tell us that we're doing something wrong. And because of that, he's just going to push and push and push you into the depths of sin until you find yourself lost and confused. But then you're challenged with the idea of shame and that you don't want to go back to your friends anymore because you feel like you're a failure to them and that you completely went against who you were and you're a completely different person. And the thoughts just flood your mind and it just leads to so much pain and confusion and a lot of regret. And so my challenge for all of us is to be approachable. Have you noticed anyone call you out recently in a sin? Have they told you that you've done something wrong? Maybe even a significant other. And if you haven't, then that could also just be that your community you surround yourself with doesn't believe in the value of calling each other out or encouraging each other um, and those kind of things. Or it could also be that maybe it's not them, it's that you have pushed yourself away from that. Maybe think if they have in the past, but they haven't recently. Maybe that's a good sign or an indicator of whether or not you are that type of person. But let that be your takeaway today. Um, be approachable. Be open to, to instruction, to insight, and to, to wisdom, to correction. And I promise it will lead to life. And uh, if you aren't doing that, a great way to start is just reaching out to people and asking, hey, is there anything that I'm doing that I probably shouldn't be doing? Is there anything you want to call me out on? Anything that I should repent of outside of what you're already aware of, of course. Um, but start there. I think that's a great place to start. All right, I'm going to lead us out in prayer. And then I hope you guys have a great, great freaking Friday, yo. Freaky Friday. Go watch the movie. Dear God, thank you so much for today and for the gift of your word and for the life that it has in it. And Lord, I just pray that we would be like the wise and not the scoffer. I pray that we would um, listen to instruction, we would listen to wisdom, that we would listen to those who call us out and encourage us and point us in a different direction towards life. And I pray that we would listen to those people, that we would take it to heart and that we would um, take action on those things in life. I pray we can be those type of people um, that will accept correction and we won't get defensive and we won't be selfish in our ways um, and distracted by the sin in our life. And I pray that we can be held accountable with each other. So I pray for the hearts of every person who is listening to this and to myself, that we would be open to it and that we would be transformed by the renewing of our mind, that you would make our hearts new every day to be more like yours. And I pray that together, that as we grow closer to you and as our hearts are transformed and we are open to correction, that it brings more life to us on a day-to-day -day basis. We love you so much, Lord. Thank you for your word. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. Love y'all. Hope you have a great day. Get out there, be approachable, and let's grow the kingdom. I will see you guys a la mañana. Peace and blessings.